crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Welcome to episode 30 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Uh, you're joined by me, Simon Stanley, and my usual co-hosts, uh, Gavin Marshall, Dave Hart, and joining us again today, Rich Setrone. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad. Right. You'll be glad to hear that we're all observing social distancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've settled into my role of defending the nation by doing fuck all. <laughs> I can I can I can stare my granddad who fought his way up the Italian beaches in the eye now and say, yeah, I fought my way through Tesco's shopping queues. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think like in like 30 40 years there's going to be like a a different version of 1917 where it's all just one shot around aldi yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um rich i mean we talked a little bit before we started the podcast but i'm sure people want to hear like how's it going in in the u.s i know it's been a little while since we spoke to you yeah it's um it's getting a little more serious um, that a lot of things have shut down now, just the necessities, things are open. Um, uh, many more people walking around with masks now, but when it's first started there, you just see a few here and there, but now there's quite a few. Um, yeah, I mean, most people seem to be observing the, the quarantine. I mean, I, the only time I leave the house is when I have to go grocery shopping really. And, uh, but it's, it's definitely gotten to a point where it's, it's, a, it's a little more serious, you know, and the, and the deaths keep rising. You know, they, they're, they're setting this target date when they think this is going to settle down. I think it's like uh, April 18th or something. But I, I don't know how they can do that because it hasn't even leveled off yet. It's still rising. You know, the, the amount of people that are being affected are, are rising every day. So, yeah, it's it's definitely serious. It's got to be taken seriously for sure. It's it's um. You know. Do the um, do the rules over there vary like county to county, or is it sort of countrywide now? It's it seems like it's um, state to state, state to state. Here, but but definitely federally uh, throughout the country, there are some things, um, you know, that are put in place that everybody's observing. But a lot of it has been the the governors of each state have been um, instilling certain rules and curfews and stuff. Um, um, but um, Something interesting is they, um, <clears throat> you know, that, you know, guns, you know, a lot of people have guns in the States you know, we've talked about before. And they, um, the, the governors of a lot of these States put out an order that there's so many people buying guns now that there's a lot of new gun owners and they're really freaking out because, you know, they're, they're afraid that a lot of these people haven't taken any type of gun safety courses or anything like mm-hmm. that. And you're going to have a guns in the hands of a bunch of people who don't know how to use them. So they they stopped. They they said that no more gun stores can sell guns, you know, wow. um, except for Texas. Texas <laughs> <laughs> out of my cold dead hand or whatever it is, isn't it? Exactly. Like you're not. No, you're not shutting down our gun stores. <laughs> <laughs> reversed it like immediately. Is it was a trip? And then Trump just came out the other day and said no. He goes. He said that that's a, every every u.s citizen's right to own a gun and he reversed it so now all the gun stores are open again oh wow so, uh, yeah yeah i mean I, I, that, yeah that's crazy the fact that there's people that have never owned a gun before are now buying guns i can understand why yeah 
yeah, it's this, a worrying, yeah. a worrying trend. Yeah, they're scared, and and um, yeah, but it is. It, it's like like I I know you know a lot of I know a lot of stunt professionals, and most of these guys know how to shoot guns, and they have taken courses, and I've taken a ton of courses. I've worked with some SWAT team members, some Navy SEAL team guys that have run me through, you know, drills and, you know, a few weekends I got together on, on my last show and we did some stuff and, you know, you learn how to handle it and then you feel comfortable with it, you know, but man, I, I can't imagine people having a gun for the first time. Cause you just watch somebody that doesn't know how to handle a gun and they're always pointing the barrel at people. They're pointing the barrel at themselves. It's like, Oh my God, you know, it's just, it's, it's frightening. Well, it's quite easy. It's probably so easier to. You can't really get guns over here because I've seen so many people that come and throw a dart straight. Let alone shoot a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you see that minute, you know, like Plaxico Barrest shot himself. Right. I mean, you're probably more likely to shoot yourself than anyone else, right? When you're carrying yeah. that thing around, yeah. you don't know what you're doing. I think. So. But I think the, the the moral of the story here is any any would be assaulters onto Rich's property, be warned. He's tactically trained. And, uh, yeah, you're not you're not gonna get his pasta. Yeah, that was be your best idea. <laughs> that was my favorite humble brag we've ever had, and we've had a few. <laughs> um, awesome. We we should all get together one day, and uh, Rich can show us some like SWAT team Navy SEAL moves. I, I'd be into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't feel like there's a lot of Steelers news going on. I mean, the NFL's um, luckily lucky that there's no games going on, so you know it's not been interrupted. Like you know, opening day in baseball's gone, and you know the Premier League's gone, so sports are down. But the NFL's pretty lucky yeah. during the off season. I was going to say it's more more of a surprise when something isn't cancelled, right? Like they they announced today that the Wimbledon tennis championships were cancelled, right? I thought is that news? I thought it'd be news if it's not cancelled. I didn't Maybe even. That's... I thought. Sorry, I thought you were asking if that was Steelers news. I was going to say definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean everything's cancelled, right? Yeah, um, every, yeah, yeah. Um, except the NFL draft, and that's why we 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 surge on, right, Gav? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the one pe- the one thing I did want to dig into very quickly though is uh, because it's kind of indulgence of mine. Have you seen the new Steelers uh, draft cap that got released I did this week? Yeah. Drooling is, at the mouth. Yeah, this is the best. Um, this is the best one they've done in a while, I think. I don't know if you saw last year's; it was just purely awful. It was like yeah, and anything beats that taxi slash police hat that they had last horrendous year. yeah truly horrendous I mean, I mean i i would buy them every i mean i've got half a dozen hanging on the wall next to me right but yeah i refused to buy that last year but it's like a neon sign style this year with the the steelers logo and then steel city over it so i think that's really cool but uh yeah go check out pictures of that it's not really a great thing for a podcast is it to describe the design of a <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly the headline of the show i was expecting but i'll take care of <laughs> It's my headline. Look at all the big news here. <laughs> you seen this, Rich? You like the, any of these? Yeah, I, I like that hat a lot. Yeah, that, the, the hat last year looked like a taxi cab. You know, it's just. <laughs> but this one's really nice. I, in fact, right before we got on, I was looking at it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll get this as soon as I kind of like. I still, my favorite before this was the one with you know it had like the city skyline on the bill of the cap. Um, oh, yeah, that was a really good one. Anyway. So nice. Uh, Rich, uh, sorry, not Rich. Uh, Gav, you got any other other steals related news that you picked up over the week? Because I, I really struggled for anything, so I was going to get straight onto the draft stuff. But yeah, well, it's, it's draft related, obviously. But the only thing I saw was that um, Colbert accidentally, or maybe on purpose, leaked in a Q and A that that him and Tomlin were uh, booked in to go to the Michigan Pro Day. You see that? Oh right, okay. No, I've not not even picked this up. So that makes you wonder who they were, who they were, would be scouting. And when is this? Um, when is this pro day? Well, I don't think it's going to happen now. Oh, I see, right. And everything else, but it was in their diary, so 
I don't think, you know, they, they're very selective about who they go and see. So yeah. obviously it's one of the, or one or two of the prospects there on their radar. So, I mean, you've got Cesar Ruiz, the center we talked about, and then also Josh Uche we talked about. And then some, some other guys. I mean, the quarterback, Shea Patterson, I can't believe they're going to be looking at him. But then there's, the, there's as a later rounds pick, the linebacker, Kaliki Hudson, who maybe we'll talk about next week on the linebacker show, but he, he could be an interesting guy. Um, yeah, later rounds guy. But yeah, he could be he could be someone to check out. But um, yeah, we'll see. Okay, so it seems, uh, seems and, like Michigan's one of these places that we do dwell for. I mean, Devin Bush last year, and then it's, it's a, it's a they haven't actually taken that many. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, but they haven't actually taken that many. So it's sort of yeah, it, it's notable that he let slip hmm. rather than someone else because obviously you think of Ohio and obviously yeah. you know local places. But yeah, so something maybe maybe who was it that was on Twitter that was getting excited about Josh Uche? Uh, uh, you've dropped me in it now Um, it's a fantasy pod guys right fantasy pod yeah Yeah. Um, uh, maybe something to get excited about there fantasy (laughs) pod guys Um, cool was was there a bit of news that Eric Eric Ebron's actually been signed now yeah that's true that's official official there was a very brief concern that Alex Gazzara set on Twitter because he said that you know the news broke a week ago we hadn't officially signed him still Um, and all of a sudden everyone panicked for about a day and then yeah, that that was all a bit of nothing. But I've kind of liked Eric Ebron on Twitter this week. He's kind of been getting involved with people and, and Browns fans who would sort of joke. Someone joked that Eric Ebron was the best tight end in the AFC North now, and then someone came back, clapped back, and Eric Ebron replied and said that he was. And I don't know. He seems like an interesting dude. Do you think he is? Could he be? I mean, there's Hooper. I mean, the, the Ravens have got some some good guys, but no one maybe that stands out above Ebron. Mark Mark Andrews probably. Yeah, he had a great last year. That's yeah, true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think oh, just just going off last year's performance, I'd say Mark Andrews. But I mean, I think he's definitely got the potential to be right in, in our offense. So mm. watch this space. I mean, nobody on the Browns has ever lived up to it. Austin Hooper doesn't blow me away, and David and Joku, no thanks. Uh, the Bengals have lost Eifert. Yeah, who is the Bengals tight end at the moment? Who even plays for the Bengals? I mean, they cut Drake, Drake Kirkpatrick this week. So uh, yeah. Andy Dalton is still on the Bengals somehow, so yeah, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think he could well be the best by the end of this season. Uh, maybe that's wishful thinking. We did speak to you, Rich. What do you think of the Ebron signing? I love it. You know what? I, I was this close to mentioning him when we were talking about free agent signings. I thought, nah, they'll never sign him. So I didn't <laughs> even mention it. But I, I, I like him a lot. I think it's a great signing. It's it's another weapon that 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 people on the on the defensive side of the ball are going to have to pay attention to, and it's going to free up other people in the passing game. I think it's a great sign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. I, I think I said last week. I I uh, I think I scoffed at the idea that we were going to sign him in one of our free agency podcasts because, but that was before the CBA and before we freed up a bit of money because of that. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a great sign, a team friendly deal as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the black and gold. Um. Cool. The only thing, something, uh, something Gav mentioned that I'd overlooked before before the podcast began. Uh, our great and esteemed leader over on the Facebook page, Jason, um, wrote into us just after the last podcast and mentioned, and a couple of people have seen this, that we've kind of skipped the quarterbacks as we've moved on to defense, as we've running through our kind of our draft guide for each uh, position group. Um, that was kind of done intentionally, I, I would say, Gav, because we kind of talked about the the quarterbacks a little bit at the top uh, before we really even started the draft deep dive position-wise, and also because we felt that quarterback probably wasn't a position the Steelers were going to touch on this season. Is that fair to say, or has that changed, do you think? I mean, I don't think it's changed. I mean, there's, there's so much continual buzz about Jalen Hurts 
Um, mm, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I just think it's it's generated hype. It's not real. It's he's not worthy of. The Steelers have got so few picks this yes, year that that's exactly it's it. not it's not a, it's not a need. And you're not. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. You know, he's being comped to Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's Lamar Jackson personally. I don't think he's got the ceiling. I don't think he's got the accuracy that that Lamar Jackson eventually progressed to this year. Um, yes, he's he's got some exciting traits, but I just I just don't see the Steelers going for it. What do, what do you guys think? And I, I kind of feel like it's I'm I'm umming and ahhing because I, I I have a, in the back of my mind what happened last season, and I don't really feel comfortable having um, his name's going out of my head. Mason uh, Mason Ruff? Mason Mason at the helm. I don't really feel comfortable with that, but at the same time. If we just add in another person in when we could just wait for someone that fits perfectly as as a heir to Ben, are we sort of jumping the gun too much with it? So I'm not 100% sure. I feel like if we did pick up someone, it'd be as a stopgap. It wouldn't be as a solution. I mean, I mean, he's he's projected to go in the third round. When was the last time a third round quarterback? You know, I mean, there's been a couple, sure. You know, Russell Wilson was a late rounds guy, and Tom Brady has come to mind. But generally, you're not getting a a decent quarterback in those later rounds. Uh, like, Mason really Rudolph would disagree with you, Gav. <laughs> well, he was he was touted as a late first round guy, wasn't he? I mean, well, by the Steelers, not by anyone else, but but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think that. Um, well, I think if it did, it would tell you a lot about what the Steelers thought about Mason Rudolph, right? I think. That would be a very big question mark over his head and his development as a kind of a backup and developmental guy um, if the Steelers did draft someone. But I'm not going to rule out the Steelers maybe falling in love with a later rounds guy that maybe other people don't have their eyes on. You know, maybe it's not Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's, I don't know who it could be. It could be anyone, you know, fourth round or later. But, um, well, like Duck Hodges. <laughs> right, yeah, but who knows? I mean, maybe... The one caveat is if, is if Jordan Love were to fall, say then yes, I can see the Steelers go. But I just can't see Jordan no. Love fall into 49. There's not no in, way. Not a chance in hell. No. That's... I don't even see Herbert fall into 49. I think we're going to take four quarterbacks easily in the first round. I think the only quarterback there might be like Eason is the next best guy and Hurts, right? So, yeah, I, I don't see it happening in the second round. It would have to be a developmental guy that you just like the look of and take a bit of a flyer on. Gardner Minshew type. Um, that's all I can see. But I'm yeah. sure that there's a Gardner Minshew in this draft. Well, we this, didn't, this, we, this, we didn't yeah, know there was I, a Gardner Minshew in the last draft either, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Uh, I, I can't see them doing it unless, unless, like you guys said, like a gift just falls to them. You know, um, Something like that, yeah, they'll probably pull the trigger, but I don't see it happening. And, and I don't, that being said, I don't think Ben's successor is on the team right now. I, I just don't yeah, think so. I agree. I think this is a team that drafts a quarterback in the near future, by which I mean the next two to three years high, in my opinion. But who knows, yeah. right? Life throws curveballs at you, as Rich said before we started recording, and it's the same way with quarterbacks. So um, these things have a way of working themselves out, or, or, or they don't if you're the Browns. Um, and who knows, the way, the way things are shaping up at this, with this free agency, there's going to be a couple of guys sitting out there. So, you know, in, in the worst-case scenario... Yeah, let's you wait know, and see how much money uh, Jameis will sign for. And get, yeah, get, or, or if you know, if he if he signs at all, or Cam. Yeah. You know, who's, you know, maybe they'll be sitting out there week three, week four, and if the same thing happens again, Ben goes down early, the the, the arm's not right. You go after one of those guys. That's to bridge you to get you to 
till you do draft his replacement. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so let's um, let's move on to our defensive uh, inside. Oh, you know, defensive inside defensive. Uh, it's kind of a difficult one, right? Because we were talking about this before. There's so many positions and, and techniques and this, that, and the other. You know, who fits the interior defensive line? I suppose is the way to summarize it. Um, draft breakdown. Um, we got a lot of guys here. Started by you, Gav. You kind of uh, formulated a list of the guys you'd kind of looked at and felt kind of uh, might fit our scheme. I think I think is how you did it. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so yeah, we, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So so we'll run through sort of some of these guys. But tell me a little bit about what what you think about the defensive scale. I don't want to put you on the spot, but but what you kind of did to um, come up with this list. So the the draft class itself is is quite full actually, but. When, you, when you're looking at the Steelers scheme, you can kind of split the, the class into two. And in fact, there's actually less players, as always with the 3-4 team, there's less players that will fit your system than than a 4-3. Yeah. But then the other thing you've got to think about is that although the, the Steelers is traditionally a 3-4, in fact, it's more of a sub-package team now, as most of the teams are as well. So that, that brings in an, an added layer, which is, makes interior defensive line quite a difficult uh position group to project right because you know back in the olden days when it was just strictly three four it was a bit simpler you just had two gap you know the center at zero and then you had two defensive ends uh, uh playing sort of four or five technique out on the tackles yeah and you could kind of see those traits whereas now you're pulling off the the zero nose tackle when you're asking those defensive ends to sort of play a little bit tighter um to cover some of the kind of more spread offenses so you're kind of thinking those those defensive ends, if that's what you're looking for, have got to be kind of slightly more versatile rather than the traditional two-gap kind of players. And 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 then if you're looking for a nose tackle or a, a zero player, then you want him, in, in the way that Hargrave could, to, to kind of spot those defensive ends. So you, maybe that kind of classic Casey Hampton kind of big dude in the middle, rock, you know, tree stump dude in the middle that's not necessarily going to fit the system right now. Because, I mean, you look at 20, 2019, the breakdown is, you know, they were in uh, sub-package sub 68.5% of the time. Base base package 31%. You know, nickel 47, nearly half the half the snaps are in nickel defense. So, you know, that, that changes your, your approach, what you're looking for. Yeah, it places Completely, different yeah. values on different players, right? And, and like you say... The- yeah. It puts a, for me as I was going through this, uh, and maybe we'll get to this in a minute because you've kind of teased that, that you really like uh, someone in this draft. So I, I don't know who that is yet, but it, it yeah, put... well, I'll give you a clue. It, it, you know, I don't want to get things you know cooking up too much. But <laughs> there's a guy out there that I think is 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 prime for the 49 spot. Well, the, the, this is the point, right? The more I kind of looked at it, and, and lo- the more I realised that I had maybe overlooked this sort of Javon Hargrave. Um, you know, playing zero nose tackle traditional guy as a position that we need. I mean, it's it's a position that's devalued in the NFL. I feel a little bit like you say. I mean, it's not something that as many teams really value anymore. But it, it's something that the Steelers probably need to to plug a gap here. And I could see that being the second pick. Now, the more I thought about it this week, and the more I've kind of stewed on it um, and looked at this class and the depth of it, the more I could see that being an early pick, be it the second or third round. But I don't know if that. Fits well, I think you could you could even go. You could even go two ways, right? So I think you could go you go high on a defensive end kind of character um, that mm-hmm. could that could play in sub package, or you go very late with a very specialist nose tackle yes. with like a, a Dan McCullers type who who you might get 
a very a, a good player, very good player for that. Who years ago would have been taken much higher, um, but because of the devaluation of the the position, you're getting great value in later rounds. A, a classic example of that would be Andrew Billings a couple of years ago, who was like graded as a first rounder. Everyone had him as first rounder in a mock, and he fell to like the third or fourth round or something. Yeah, I remember. So that. you can get like a really good nose tackle much later on. And, you know, because at the moment, the only nose tackle on the roster is Dan McCullers, who I, I actually quite enjoy. I always like cheer him on when he's on the screen. But, I mean, we all know his limitations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, which way do they go? Do they go? Because I think we've said so many times, you know, that the, the, this draft's got to be all about offense. But with the moves, with the loss of Hargrave, with the, the you know, the, the fact, are they going to keep, how long are they going to keep Haywood around? You know, are they going to pay to it? It is a position that you, you want to keep a like a sort of production line coming. And they've got Isaiah Bugs, who hopefully will progress nicely. And they've got um, Alu Alu, who's, uh, you know, coming to the end of his kind of NFL career-ish. A good player, a solid kind of, you know, rotational guy. And then they've got um, uh, uh, Chris Wormley, who they just brought in, who's really, he's kind of fits the mould as the kind of ideal uh, defensive end that can play sub-package football. So it's interesting. It's a good group. And um, yeah, you got anything to add? Uh, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's it's about depth and I think it's about finding, for me, that guy who can play with them. I mean, I, I don't think I really um, thought so much. I mean, obviously, I knew what a big loss it was going to be to lose Javon Hargreave, but, but, but thinking about him more this week and looking at these guys, the more emphasis I place on it as, as a kind of a position of import, if you will. Um, Dave, Rich, any any thoughts on uh, sort of this position or the value you place on it in this draft? Only that when you look through the class as a whole, there's a few guys that are high up, at least for me, that I like. But once you go past that, there's not an awful lot there. I might, you guys might disagree with me, but it, with that the case, it might have to be a higher pick than I'd I'd uh, anticipated. Hmm. Like you say, I think we'd put a lot of emphasis on on, the, on our first pick being an offensive guy, but I think it might it might just switch around now just because of need. So yeah, but the, the the class as a whole isn't it's it's not awful. It's just it seems to be the top few guys are the the prime ones, and then you go past that, and it just sort of tails off to to nothing really. Yeah, definitely. I think there's quite a lot of guys that are maybe undersized and a bit faster. Which, yeah. which is something that the league is is going to, especially the four three teams. They they like those faster guys, but the, I think with you know with the Steelers, you got you got the speed on the edge. You don't you don't need the yeah. speed, and yeah. you got we got some fast linebackers. You just want some beef up front, some big guys that can just you know they're not they're not going to get the stats, they're not going to get the, the you know necessarily the tackles or the sacks, but they're just going to clog up the front, and occasionally they're going to kind of you know penetrate the, penetrate the gaps and get to the quarterback occasionally or collapse the pocket. So you're mm. looking for a very specialist role rather than like maybe some of the the kind of higher-end guys that people are looking at, like the Marlon Davidsons or Justin Madubuikes of the of this draft class that are more the kind of one-gap penetrators that some other teams really covet. So it's kind yeah. of like you kind of got to brush those aside a little bit in some ways, although you could always make a case that the Steelers should maybe move to drafting some people like that. I don't know. That would be interesting to hear some of that. But, um, okay. Yeah. Um, Anything to add, Rich? Or should we get should we crack on with these uh, with these names? Well, I was just going to add that um, it's a tricky draft. Um, I don't I don't, wouldn't like them to draft a, a defensive lineman too high in the draft, and it's just because of Ben's window. 
Mm-hmm. You know, his his wind he, he, Hall of Fame quarterbacks don't just, you know, fall from the sky. You know, you they need to draft people that they can plug in and start, I think, on offense right now and to, and to help him out and, you know, to make a Super Bowl run. You know, and so I I would hope that they wouldn't go defense too high in this draft. But again, you know, you got to you got to read the draft. Okay. Yeah, sure. And and the other thing, the thing about that though is also is that this the running backs and the wide receivers are both quite deep classes. So given that they've got you know the third round pick and the comp pick, maybe maybe yeah. they could if they if a guy falls that they love and, and the guy I I like like falls, maybe um maybe you can still pick up some weapons in the later rounds. You can look at that either way, right? I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and, and the more I look at mocks and draft, you know, things like that, I'm I'm seeing guys fall into the Steelers in the second round pick, wide receivers, that I never thought would have done, right? And I'm thinking to myself, well, you can look at this one way, you could say, well, we can wait till later to pick a wide receiver because there's so many, or you could say, well, the fact that we've got, you know, top quality wide receivers fall into the, halfway through the second round is maybe a sign that let's just snap one up and, and get a first round quality uh, with such a late pick, but... Uh, we'll see how it plays out on the night, but for now, let's get to some of the names on this interior defensive line class. So, um, we'll start at the top, Gav. Um, I think with the, there's two guys I think in this draft that, that, that you can have a bit of an argument about. It seems to me that, that one name has kind of risen as the the top interior defensive lineman of this class, but um, not totally convinced. I agree with it. Um, so we got two guys at the top: Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw. Um, before we really get into either, who, who do you, which guy do you prefer? I think Derek Brown has been touted as the the top guy in this class, but do you agree with that? Or? I th- I think the Kinlaw thing's a bit of a hipster thing. I think I think okay. Derek Brown's clearly clearly the better the better prospect for me. I, okay. I mean, do you, do you, what do you, I don't think they're in the same anywhere near the same level of of oh, player really? personally. No, I, I I like Kinlaw. I like him a lot. He's definitely a first round grade, but I just think Derek's Derek Brown's just a completely different dude. Um, Kinlaw, he kind of he blows hot and cold on some of the tape. Whereas Derek Brown, he, he just uh, he's just so explosive. Okay, t- tell me a bit just... about Derek Brown first, and I'll, I'll jump into Kinlaw in a minute. But but tell me a little bit, a bit about what you like about Derek Brown. I mean, it's just he's just one of those interior line guys that's like a, like a Aaron Donald type that's just going to give pass protectors an absolute nightmare. I mean, it's just a pocket disruptor, great run defender, just really, really strong. I think the only thing you can knock on him is that he only really wins through power. And when yeah. when he comes up against, uh, I think like if you watch the the Alabama game, he's sort of neutralized a little bit by Deontay Brown, who's like a 338-pound guard. Yeah. So, you know, if he can't outpower someone, he's going to get a little bit neutralized. But I think he can work on that and, you know, he'll he'll work. If that starts to happen, he'll, he'll he'll work on some some different moves and stuff. But just just the violence and the, the just the, the sheer power he, he possesses. I mean, he he, he would that be power so well though, doesn't he? It's yeah. it's scary. It, it, I mean, he's doing wrestling moves on running backs. It's I'm terrified. <laughs> Live. Yeah, that, that was a particularly violent body slam that I think you're referencing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. Don't be wrong. I think Derek Brown's a, a great top 10 uh, player, but I, I don't know. I, I think um, there's a couple reasons that I kind of like Javon Kinlaw maybe a little bit more. Now Now I'm a bit tentative now that Gav's called me a hipster for making this pick. <laughs> I think, you know, certain, I think what happens in the draft process is someone gets, gets pegged as the first round like the first prospect in the list mm. and then everyone starts examining their tape for flaws yeah, yeah. and the second guy on the list gets elevated and I think that's kind of, we're seeing that now it happens all the time and we're seeing that now with Kinlaw Kinlaw's a really good player and definitely 
well, if you exclude AJ Epinesa, who we talked about previously on the edge class, I think if Epinesa, if you count, count him as an interior guy, I, I'd have him second on this list. But obviously, someone's going to take him as a as a four three edge, so discount him. So yeah, Kinlaw comes in at second, and and he's a good second, definitely. He's he's up there, but I don't think he's he's on on Derek Brown's level. I like his quickness. I think he's quick. He's not as powerful as as, as Brown. I'd, I wouldn't expect him to be, but but I like his quickness. He 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 plays the run and the pass well. I think he's got the the potential to do that in the next level. He's explosive. I, I mean, you could say a lot of the, the stuff about Derek Brown as well, but I, I just I just saw him as being kind of a an interesting, quick, versatile guy who looked a little bit different. He carried his weight well. I just enjoyed kind of watching his tape. And I also thought he's, like, maybe it was an upside thing, and, and maybe you could look at this either way. I've said this about a few guys so far, but he's a very raw guy. He hasn't played the position a super long time, and I think if you could maybe get him into an NFL system and, and teach him some, some really good technique and, move, you know, pass rush moves and, and get him in that kind of um, zone where he's going to improve as a, as a kind of a a player of the position rather than just an athlete and a, and a guy with a high level of uh, ability physically. Uh, I could see his ceiling being higher is my only, my only kind of reason that I was a little bit higher on him, but uh, it sure. Can, yeah. I understand yeah. what you're saying. You see more on tape from Derek Brown, but you see, you know, a lot of potential from Kinlaw. So That's I exactly can understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like him. He, he, my, my first thing I've written down was interior thug, which I, you know, I quite like that. That's a good trait. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know what you thought about the, again. I know I know you want to kind of mention the formations as we run through and where you would maybe see these guys again. These are guys that are probably going to be gone long before the Steelers pick. But as we've seen with you know a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who we never thought we would ever see in a Steelers uniform two years ago, you know things change in the NFL. So I think it's important to kind of look at these guys and where they might slot and play in the NFL. Um, if well, these, these, two... these guys, I mean, you, you, you're talking. These guys could play anywhere along the yeah. Sort these of are versatile guys, line. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah versatile guys. Plug, plug and play. They're prototypical size for DNs. So you know, they'd be big tackle. You know, they've got the weight of of uh, nose tackles with the height of defensive ends. Uh, they've both got long arm length. I mean, they're they're, they're you know they're they're ideal. Uh, you got a sort of a, a preference between these guys, Rich or uh, Brown? I think he's I think he's a notch above any of the interior defensive linemen in the draft for, I mean, all the reasons Gavin gave, I think he, 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 he nailed it. Um, I think he's just the dominant interior defensive lineman. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, heavily outvoted on that one. So let's remember that on draft night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We know um, what's keeping score. <laughs> uh, the next guy we've got on the list is uh, Raekwon Davis from Alabama. Now, um, I'll be honest. This was, I, don't, I know we kind of split on this a bit, uh, Gavin. You, you've got some guys that you do and don't like on this list, so I'm interested to hear what you think. But um, I wasn't a huge fan. I liked a lot of the tape. He's got an elite sort of height, weight, length guy, right? He's he's a big bodied guy and he, he looks really good. If you were to sort of paint a picture of what a sort of defensive tackle would look like, this is probably what you draw, right? But um, maybe I've been put off by uh, uh, scouts. I know, again, I've said this before, there's nothing we can do. We cannot speak to the coaches in the NFL, or, or sorry, in the collegiate game. We do not know these players. Apparently there's some maturity issues. That always puts me off a guy. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, I didn't feel like he had sort of particularly great quickness. His production dropped two years in a row following a really good sophomore season. So that's a little bit concerning for me as you could jump into the next level. But yeah, tell me what you thought about uh, Raekwon Davis from Alabama. So let's say I, I dropped a hint earlier in the thing about cooking up. This guy's the chef, right? Requan, the chef. This is my guy. It's your this, guy. This oh, is, no. This I, is my guy. I was going to bet your guy and this was not going to be it. So sell me on it. Oh, man. You, 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 you paint a good picture of why a first round talent would fall out of the first round. And it's all those things you say. So uh, it's okay. production. Right? Yeah. 
yeah. production. And yeah, okay, so he, he got shot in the leg. I don't, I don't know the yeah. full story behind that, but he played five days later and recorded a sack. So the guy's basically a badass. He's six foot six, 311 pounds. I mean, the Steelers, if you're, if you're under six foot five, you, you don't ever become a starting end in, in the Steelers' defense, it seems. And this guy, this guy is the like the the perfect mold, I think, of of, of a Stefan Tuitt kind of kind of dude. Uh, he, he just two gaps so well, and he's got the size and the arm length to to fill in in sub package football. Um, he's just he's just got great energy, motor. But he's, I've seen him chase down you know runners from underneath, from behind. So he's got that kind of pursuit. He's got. I mean, he, he's not a pass rusher. He's not a pass rushing guy. But you don't necessarily want that from from a Steelers, you know, D-line kind of end. But he's just got, he can multi- occupy multiple blocks. He can, he can he can shed, he can stack and shed so he can block a guard, then a tackle and then then escape to tackle the runner. He's just got an absolute, like, Frankenstein body uh, in, in rare, rare size. Uh, you know, six foot six, you don't you don't see guys like this that often. So for me, you know, that you can project, you know, you can take a gamble on some of these later guys and there's a couple other guys that you might think, Later down the draft, yeah, okay, you could plug them in at tackle. I think this guy is is if you if you want a production line like I was saying before, you know, you, you're worrying about paying Hayward or, or you know him retiring or, or paying to it. Having this guy, you know, there isn't another guy on the roster that kind of fits this role. I mean, Bugs isn't hasn't got the high, he's not got the the same traits. This guy, so you know, and and the knocks knocks on him that are pushing him down, I think, are things that you can forget about. Personally, I think I think you you can train him up, get him get him playing in the Steelers system, where he's not doing multiple things. He's just assigned one role, and 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 this guy this could be a starter for many years. All right, interesting. I, I like that. I mean, yeah, I can totally see what you're saying. A guy who might I I kind of thought the reason I didn't think this was the guy to be honest was because I thought this was a guy who was going to go before our pick, and you'd said that this was someone that was going to be knocking around at 49 for definite. So I don't well, know. I'm not. Know, yeah, I mean, you look on—he—he's fallen, right? He's, he's dropping because of the product, lack of production. I mean, it's not a lack of production, but what mm. happened is he had such a great start. He came out of the gate so fast. People were talking about him being a first-round pick, and he then he, well he never there, progressed yeah. on. Yeah, never progressed on. And he's not in a lot of—he's—he's he's sort of knocking around that fifty point in 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 top fifty boards. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, you see somewhere he's going at like 43, 45, and then somewhere he's going at fifty. So I think there's a very good chance he could be on the board. I'm going to be absolutely banging on the table for them to take this guy. And then, and then once you get this guy, then you can just go offense, 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 offense all the way through. Okay, well that's interesting. I mean, last word on on this before I let sort of Rich and Dave get in. But the one thing I wrote on him, you know, I, I like to write a little last line on each guy so I can just quickly get to my thoughts on him and sort of rearrange it in my head. I thought I, re- I like his tape, but I think he's got a really low floor. Could easily see him failing to excel at the, at the next level if, if things don't go right and that, that that to me is a little bit of a risk but I'll let Dave Dave what do you think of, of uh, Rayquan? I, I don't know I'm undecided on him because I, like I said I like the tape I like what I saw but at the same time he's a run stuffer and that's about all he offers really and that's it, it's it's situational so I, I don't know whether he's going to be someone who's an ideal fit who's going to be used as he should be. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, as in, so you, you sort of wonder whether he can fill the shoes of a Cam Haywood or a Stefan Tillman yeah. on the outside and do that same. That, thing. That, yeah. That's what they are, though, isn't it? You want you want bait. You stop the run, and then and then you you know if you can get some some pocket pressure or or you know maybe on on third down, obvious passing down. You know you're in sub package and you, and you slip a you do slip you you know shade over so you're in the gap and 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 he's got the kind of he's lean so he could you know maybe slip slip the gap and. You know, when they're not expecting it, when he's been two gap in the whole game, suddenly he tries to slip slip the blocks and 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 he gets. You do see him get the occasional sack. So I, I, I know what you're saying, but I think I think he's coming from the right, the right style of player to fit into the the Steelers front. Yeah, he's going to be a, de- a, de- a de- developmental guy. I can't get that word out. Developmental guy. I think he's not he's someone who's going to start straight away. But yeah, I'm. I wouldn't be offended if if they picked him up, but. I'm not. I'm not on your side. I think Gav of banging the table for him. You're not as high on him as me. No. All right. Okay. Rich, any thoughts? Strong agreement with Gav or? Well, I was wondering, and I wanted to ask Gavin. Does it does it um, does it concern you at all the knock on him that um, he hasn't consistently improved throughout his college career? Because I I like the tape on him too, but from what I've read, he came out like gangbusters, and then just kind of, you know, he hasn't really. You haven't seen that consistent improvement in him, and and going to the next level, you know that that would worry me a little bit. Does do you have any concern over that? I see what you're saying, but I think I think given the the size of him, the the kind of measurables, he's got a good base, right? So I think you know you get him in a in a pro level coaching scheme, you get him in the in the room with Cam Haywood and Tua and these guys. I I, I just think his ceiling is is really high, and his floor by his size alone is is that of a kind of solid backup. So, I, I, you know, Alabama, you know, maybe he was slightly misused or not, not coached in the way that he responded to. I, I think some, sometimes these knocks are overplayed. And I think perhaps, you know, you look back a year ago, he was still in the first round talk. So I, I think I think he's an interesting guy. You're getting him in the second round, which is great value if, if he does turn out to play to that, that starter level. So I, I think, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't concern me that much. If it was a first round pick, then yes, but given it, it's a second round pick, no. Okay. I think maybe the school puts me off a bit, and that sounds that sounds uh, silly, be being Alabama, right? But I think sometimes when you, see, especially on the defense, when you see a guy like this on the defensive line, surrounded by all the talent that you're going to get at a team like Alabama, and then a guy whose production maybe doesn't live up to that, or, or has fallen throughout his career rather than risen and hasn't sort of maybe um, been the dominant force, that starts to concern me a little bit because you take him away from that structure and away from that kind of ball in. You know, uh, crimson tide, <laughs> and um, it, I don't know that 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 worries me a little bit. M- maybe more than even a, a small school guy who dominates. You know, does, does that make sense? Yeah, but also you got to think that you know the national media, the, you know the college media, they're looking for sacks, they're looking for tackles. You know, yeah. I, you know, in us in the Steelers system, you're not you're not looking for a player that necessarily that's their key thing. You're looking for someone that can hold that line, can clog, can anchor. And can stack and shed and 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 kill the run game and 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 also give some some push. So those things don't necessarily t- like show up on the stack sheet. Okay. So I, I just think you know it's 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 more of a kind of he's a great fit and he's 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 incredible size, and I'd be prepared to I think uh, you know we've still got a couple of progression position groups to go, but for me I think this guy just got the, the tape got me so excited that this guy looked like a stealer, you know. Well, well, let's get to a guy who uh, Gav's going to get really upset with me that I would say I would take over um, Rekwon Davis if they were both there. Um, Jordan Elliott from Mizzou. Um, 
so this guy's graded excellently by PFF, and, and I think sometimes I'm guilty of putting a little bit too much weight into what PFF say. Um, but <laughs> but um, it, when I when I actually go and watch his tape, I think he, th- maybe this is the opposite of what you're saying, Gavin. I think maybe we're sitting on different little perches on this, and and you may well be right about you know looking for for what a Steelers guy looks like, and we have a lot of sort of explosiveness and agility from you know your TJ Watts and your outside linebackers, but. Uh, this this guy is, is an explosive, agile guy. For, for what isn't, you know, in fact, a, a pretty big guy. I mean, I haven't got his, what's, what's his number? I mean, he's, he's, sort of, he's over 300 pounds. 302, yeah. 6'4". Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be the biggest guy we speak about today, but he's, you know, he's a big dude, right? He's, he's a guy who's going to be playing that five tech and he's going to be a really agile, fast, lateral, quick guy who is going to be a, an interesting pass rushing option. Um, what do you kind of think of Jordan Elliott? He, he's my number two DN. Yeah, okay. I, I like him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I had to dig really deep on because the first game I watched of his, I, I was, I was, can't remember who it was now. I should have written it down, but I, I wasn't that blown away. I thought he looked slow. I thought he looked uh, uninterested at times, which is a weird thing to say. But um, the second game I saw, he looked absolutely violent, and um, I think it was ski, it's possibly opposition related, but also scheme related, where he was he was two gapping more on the second tape and um, yeah, he looked, he looked good, he, he had like, a good run defender with some good pass rush, he's got a size as you say, 6'4", he's not quite 6'5", I mean you look at the kind of prototypical like JJ Watt, right, is the prototypical 3-4 uh, yeah. uh, defensive end, and that's you know, he's, he's 295 6'5", height with 34 length arms um, so Jordan Elliott's six four. He's got thirty two inch arms, and he's slightly a bit heavier. So he's not exactly the prototype, but he does use his hands well, and he can shed. He, he's quick enough feet, but he, he's quite a bit of a slow mover. You know, like just chasing people down if if the play breaks down or whatever. Um, but he's, he's quite agile. Um, he just kind of carries. Got, uh, this sounds silly to say, right? I mean, I'm sat here like in my bedroom talking about what guys' bodies look like, but he he, <laughs> he kind of he doesn't look his size, right? If you, if I looked at him from a, a long way away, and I, I'd think he was in his two fifties, he's like he really carries it really well. He's lean. He's like yeah, strong. Yeah, he's, he he does look like a, a Steelers D end. He's got that kind of you know that you think about uh, Stefan Turret, that kind yeah. of like tall sort of you know terminator look he's got that look so yeah i can see it it just this it, 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 for me it was that what what pushed him below uh the chef for me was, was the inconsistencies in, in his technique and his effort and and his sort of his, his just his speed which you're never going to get that much speed you know pursuit speed but it just it looked like he wasn't trying or it just it wasn't fast enough to be above raekwon but yeah i like the guy and if they take him then i'll, I'll be behind the pick but just not in that second round spot. Okay. Uh, Rich, you watch much of uh, Elliot? A little bit, yeah. Um, I, I pretty much agree with you guys. I, it seemed like his his quickness against the run looked pretty nice, but then it didn't translate to the pass rush. He didn't he didn't have that same that same speed uh, with, with in his pass rush. But I mean, you know, like you guys said, I mean, we're we're looking for somebody more, I think, in, in this draft, more that's going to be real strong against the run. We're not as concerned about the pass rush. But uh, I, I like him. But, yeah, again, not at, not at number two. But, uh, you know, he looks like a pretty pretty decent player. Uh, you know, he can learn he can learn the pass rush better if we need him to do that. You know, they could always learn that with the people that we have on the team now. But uh, I, I like him against the run. He looks strong. Awesome, Dave. Um... I'm not really that high on him. 
I, I feel like it's a bit of a processing speed issue. Um, just sort of not reading things fast enough. Like he's not disengaging from guys. He's just sort of, it's almost like the play's passed him by before he's even realised what's happening at times. It's, but, the, the, but there is times where he is quick to respond and maybe it's an inconsistency issue with that. Um, but he's he's got all the physical tools are there, but it's something, it's what's between his ears that isn't quite with it, I think. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of, I didn't, I sort of stopped watching after a while just because I sort of thought, well, no, he's not, he's not what I'm looking for personally. But but yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. He has got those sort of physical, I say the physical tools are there. He's got the size and the length and what have you, but it's, yeah, that, that processing speed and ability to respond put me off. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I think, yeah, he, he's a guy that kind of... I enjoyed his, watching his tape. That's why he'd be my pick there out of the two. But th- there's some concerns that kind of a lot of his production came against lesser teams. I mean, I don't know necessarily. I'm not an expert on college football. But from what I'm saying, he's feasting on lower teams in terms of his stat line, which is why his stat line looks so good, um, which might play into what you're saying about his production not necessarily matching up and, and not being able to finish with, with high sack numbers. But... He is a productive guy, but where that comes from is is a question mark. But yeah, I don't know. I I I kind of liked him. I thought he was a, a Steelers guy and someone I'd I'd be interested in. That, that when we're looking at this forty nine pick, which is obviously so integral to this draft for the Steelers, that that's a guy I'd have my eyes on. But uh, not everyone feels oh. the same way. Wow, you go forty nine, Jordan Elliott. I like him. I wouldn't argue with the third round pick. I th- I feel like the the second round is a bit high. I mean, it's difficult with these guys because. I struggle to see, for me, uh, I don't know, I, I struggle to see a great deal of improvement for, um, oh, so, sorry, a great deal of, of difference between what Hamilton's going to bring you and what John Elliott's going to bring you, in my personal opinion. Uh, Hamilton? Uh, sorry, uh, Ray, so jump Ray in, Quan. sorry, Raekwon. <laughs> jump, in, uh, jump in across uh, uh, the board. Yeah, sorry, I, I struggle to see a great difference between what these guys are going to bring you, and I think that this guy might be a little bit of a sleeper if he falls into the third round, but I, mean, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe I'm dead wrong on that, but we shall see. Okay. Should we should we say at this point that the players on the kind of national media that we've skipped over because we don't feel they're fit, just because people might be thinking, why haven't they mentioned this guy, why haven't they mentioned that guy? Yeah, of course, I, I've got a list of a couple of guys like that that I, I was going to mention at the end, but yeah, there's a couple of guys we've probably skipped over, sort of uh, Ross Blacklock is, is a big name, everyone's talking about sort of end of the first round guy, right? Um, yeah. Quite a hyped sort of extreme athlete guy, but probably more of a, a guy that's suited to playing three technique in a 4-3. Um, yeah. who, who else we miss, Gav? Uh, Marlon Davidson and uh, Justin Madabuike. I think people people seem high on them, and I think just think they're a bit undersized. They don't don't really fit. They're not big enough to play, and they're not they're not heavy enough to play the sort of more tackle role. Yeah. So they're they're good players, you know, they're great players, um, you know, and and a lot of teams would have them ranked higher than the Steelers, and and possibly even you know we could well be wrong, you know, with this is our our kind of best guess. But to, for me, I don't think they necessarily fit. There's another guy that. I had a real hard time working out if he was a fit or not. Do you know? Do you know who I'm talking about there? Uh, are you going to say the guy from LSU? No. Oh, never mind. I'm going to. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Oh yeah, oh, he's my fourth name on the list. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to go in, Tim? Do you want to start? Him? I, I have. I don't have a great deal. I just. I was going through some of the guys that I hadn't really watched because they weren't uh, on the list. But you. You. Let me know. Right. 
he's a, he's an intriguing guy. You know, you're going to see some mock drafts where he's he's actually in the first round, and um, you yeah. know, so if he was in there in the second round, you'd think that's great value. The, 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 I mean, he's he's Canadian. Um, not that that's any issue, but the issue is that he's 23 <laughs> years old, and that that to me is is a bit of a red flag. You know, you you want you want one of these guys to be young and developing, not at 23. That seems seems crazy, but. You know, he's he's kind of like a one gap pass rushing nose tackle. So that's you know, the Steelers have experimented with that a bit. It, it kind of went away with it and, and come back. And you know, maybe that works in sub package football as well. Um, but I, I I I wanted to make I wanted to make the guy fit because he's he's an he's an amazing athlete for his size, um, in a straight line. Not not so much in the change of direction. But he just he just moves well. He's quick for his size. Got a good get off. Good effort. He's got he's big and quick with balance, um, pursues football well, has has all the tools and measurables, just needs a bit of coaching, really explosive, but he maybe doesn't finish as much as you like. But he's got he's got decent lateral speed. But um he just he just for, if you're gonna play him at zero, he just doesn't have that kind of dominant kind of he doesn't dominate the run lanes as much as you want. So he's more of a kind of, you know, gap penetrator, which is just not so valuable in the Steelers offense uh, defense, sorry. So and, and he can't get off block so well. Um, so I don't know. I struggle with the guy. I, I like the player, but not maybe not the fit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, now you mention it, I did. I did look at him a little bit. Not 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 in great deal. It, it triggered my mind when you mentioned the Canadian thing. Um, I, I don't know. I I think I, I think is he not predicted to be like a first rounder? You mentioned that he might be. I I, I thought that was kind of where he's going. That's why I kind of overlooked him a little bit because I. It, yeah, he he sort of is, but then he might. He's one of those ones that will he drop? He might drop. Right. He's he's kind of like a kind of hipstery guy that you know people like. But I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to rain your parade a little bit, Gav. But um, there's only a five month difference between the date of births of uh, Raekwon Davis and Neville <laughs> Gallimore. <laughs> yeah, but it's a big five months. He's 22. So it's a big deal. <laughs> I think I think this guy's going to be 24 when he's uh, when he's drafted, isn't he, Gallimore? Or maybe not. Maybe well, would that make Raekwon Davis 23? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, you got me there. Uh, you got me there. Well, the guy I thought you were going to mention actually very quickly because he's not again not on our list, and we'll get back back to that in a second. Was um, Rashad Lawrence from LSU? Um, I, I thought I don't know. I, I didn't know why he wasn't on your list. Truth be told, because he's a big kind of maybe not up to where we even are. He's probably a bit lower down. Again, probably one of these guys that's probably going to lose some draft stop because of the position that he plays. But he's kind of a big run stuff in defender who's, who's probably plays zero nose for us, a true nose tackle. Yeah. Um, but again, doesn't offer much in the pass game. So, so probably kind of your, your two down guy. I don't know if that's what the Steelers are going to want in terms of a rotational guy. You're probably going to want someone who can offer both things in the middle of that line. I don't know if maybe that was why he wasn't your, on your make your list if, if, if it's someone you looked at. Yeah, I just thought he played a little bit high mm. and, and just just doesn't finish his, his his plays that well. So I kind of there's only so many noses you can look at before you start to think, well, we're not, you know, I don't know. But I could be wrong, you know. He sounds like you watched a bit more than him than me. I kind of watched him and went, well, I like some of these other guys for later round picks than him. Okay, right. I I, I, I must admit, I quite liked it. I quite liked his step. I was a bit put off by he apparently has some lower body injuries that might impact him later down the road, which is a bit of a concern, but. Um, I thought he was a big, relentless, aggressive, high motor guy. That that you know, I was as interested in at nose tackle as some of the other guys we looked at. But right, um, okay, yeah, he's got. He's, I mean, he's got good explosion and he's got like a decent sort of short, short burst. Uh, got the tools. Got fast enough. Uses his size well. Um, quite sudden player. So yeah, I I I I wouldn't be against it. You know, in that sort of fifth rounds, round, sixth yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Well, anyway, well, back back to has anyone got any other thoughts on on these guys or anyone else before we get back to the the main list? 
No, I've not really watched any of these guys, no. so no, I've got no other thoughts. No problem. Um, moving on to the guy who uh, a bit of a Freudian slip earlier, so <laughs> Devon Hamilton from Ohio <laughs> State. Um, this guy's a big dude, right? He's pushing like 330. I don't know what exactly you've got him down as, um, Gav, but I think he's, he's somewhere there around about 330, maybe a little bit less. I've got him, I've got him 320. Okay, 6'4", oh, right. 320 okay, with 33-inch so arms. Depends when they weigh, right? I think I, I watched him when he was 328, I think. But but there you go. He, he was pushing 330 at the time, but he'd maybe play a bit lighter. But he's very agile for his size, but very... Um, very sort of big but very agile and very athletic guy i found um great run stuffer big body that can close gaps take on double teams um i wrote down uh someone i can't remember who it was now wrote he was a black hole for backs and interior runs which i quite like um just just a big guy you're going to play at that nose position and or, or somewhere around there um a little bit versatile in the, in the middle of that line as well but um you like devon hamilton i'll be honest I'll, I'll show my cards gav this was the guy i thought was going to be your um your red star guy. This is the guy that I was probably the closest to saying, you know, could this be the guy we, we replaced Javon Hargrave? What, what, what do you think of that? Is that crazy? Uh, absolutely. I, I really like this guy. This guy's, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if this guy's on the board in maybe the third round, definitely. You, okay. you've fired it. You've, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's just, it's the, the value of the position. So Raekwon plays with all that end slot, whereas this guy's more of a kind of the pure, he's the best pure nose tackle in the draft. And, and he does, he does offer you some, uh, versatility to be able to play, stay on the field as sub package, and maybe you know you could come in and and uh, spot uh, Hayward and to it. So yes, definitely you could definitely if you don't you know if Raekwon's gone, if it was me that was drafting and Raekwon's gone and this guy's available in the third round, then I pull the trigger on on Devon Hamilton for sure. Um, he's great. I mean he does all the dirty work in the middle and 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 on top of that offers some pass rush. I mean that's perfect. Mm. I don't know if did you watch the uh, was it the Clemson game? Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, that that wasn't. I, 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 there was there was some good moments in there though. He showed the motor. I mean, when he, did you see the, the Trevor Lawrence did an outside run? Yeah. And 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 Devon Hamilton tracked him, tracked all him the way. Yeah. Chased, chased him down on an outside run, and, and and also got a sack later in that game. I mean, that was a great great bit of tape. But to, you know, the Ohio State. We know the Steelers like Ohio State players. I think he's definitely a guy that's going to be on their radar. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about his availability in the third. I mean, we have a late, late third round pick, right? Um, it's just a position he plays. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not going to be a high, a high pick. So. It's true, but it, but it's all, he's also the best at that position. Anyhow, I know what you're saying. We'll see. Uh, it's hard for me to. I think this draft is going to do a lot in my education of understanding some of these positional values, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned about his availability, but if he's there in the third round, then I will be banging the table for this guy. So maybe this is a kind of a red star guy for me. Um, Rich, you... you oh, uh, I, I can so, get on board with that. I mean, it just... Sorry, before Rich... Sorry, it's just The way he just absolutely eats up centres, man. I mean, so, yeah, you yeah. just see them like trembling in their stance before. They know this guy's coming and he's just coming for him hard and just c- collapses the pocket. I mean, you know, he may be not getting to the quarterback, but he's just, you know, making that pocket really small and giving yeah. him nowhere to escape He's, a, he's an uber uh, run defender guy, but, but what I think he's got upside in the past, and that's what interests me, right? He's not going to do it right now, yeah. but I think he's got the agility to do it, and, and you don't. There wasn't he's, a lot of guys, yeah, that did that. You know, he's the closest guy. You could save some money by just taking the HA off of Hargreaves, you know, nameplate and putting it in. <laughs> Hamilton, you know. Oh, he's God. the closest guy to that. I'm glad yeah. you've kind of agreed with me on something this episode that, that this was the guy to replace him with. Um, yeah, sorry, Rich, you, you, uh, you like uh, uh, Hamilton? Love this guy. This is my favorite guy. Awesome. I just, I love watching the tape. It, this was the most fun I had watching any of these guys was watching him. He totally just great. destroys double teams. It's, 
He's so impressive against the run. I, I think this guy would be a perfect fit for the Steelers. Yeah, I can't disagree with the word of that. That's kind of exactly how I felt. I think you put it in much better words than I did, Rich, but that's um, exactly how I felt. Rich, uh, sorry, Gav, uh, oh, I can't even do it today. Uh, Dave? There's <laughs> too many, isn't there, at the minute? It's yeah, getting all, get all, confusing. all confused. Um, it's going to sound like I'm jumping on the Hamilton bandwagon with you guys, but I am. He's my red star guy. Oh! Um, well, hi! He's... He's a big, big dude, powerful, athletic guy. He's got, he's got a high motor. He's, you know, he's pretty relentless. And like, he's got, a pretty, he's got an impressive sort of ball rush. And he's, but he's got big potential. He's not, he didn't start until his final season, in his senior year, which is a knock on him because he hasn't got the experience behind him. But I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got a pretty like high that. ceiling there. Yeah. So he's going to be a guy I think that will be developed, be good to develop, and really see what he can do. I think he's got a lot of potential to really go and be a big, not say be a big name, but do a lot and and do well. So if yeah, that, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the Hamilton bandwagon. That's good. I think this might this might be the first time we've all agreed on a kind of a, a red star style guy. Uh, do you know if there was a name? If you asked me to put money on any name of the guy who was going to be the pick at forty nine, I think this would be it. I know, um, Gav, you think this is probably overvaluing him a little bit, and it might well be. But the only caveat being, if one of these top receive not top top receivers, not your you know your top three receivers, but if one of these guys that you know Justin Jefferson or Denzel Mims or a T Higgins maybe even falls to us and we really like them. I could see them pulling the trigger there. But outside of that, I don't think there's a position we're desperate for. And if you're talking about replacing Javon Hargreave like for like with a guy who has that kind of potential, is that not worth a second round pick to the Steelers? I mean, if you like a guy, go get him, right? Yeah, I just think he'll still be there in the third. I'm not convinced. Maybe not the end of the third. I don't do, know. Do you yeah, want to tough. risk it? I don't know. I, that, that would scare me to death. That those. I mean, what is our third round pick? Is it, It's like... Well, it's a comp pick. What 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 number is it? Can you remember? It's like it's pretty late, right? It's uh, yeah, hundred. Isn't it like oh, one hundred and three? Or is that later? Is that? It's a long time. Yeah, is it one one? Uh, hang on. <laughs> I think it's one or three, but I might be wrong. But whatever it is, that wait from forty nine to one or three, if this guy is on on the board that whole time, is going to have me in. in you know, in pieces. I'm I know just, what you're saying. I'm, you know I know what, what you're saying, but yeah. it comes back to you know, you could. If he's gone, there's plenty of guys you can just pick up as a as a kind of you know plug the gap, mm. nose tackle, and not worry about it. So I think it's not it's not like a pressing need. Okay. And it, he would be the best best player available probably in the third round pick. I'm not sure he's the best player available at, for for his position at, at the second round pick. Okay. Before we move but on, I love the guy. I'm, I'm totally yeah, yeah. on board. No, I get you. you. Yeah, yeah. I do get what you're saying. I, I just, I, I, I worry. I worry about him not being there in that third round. Um, Rich, you said earlier about wanting a, an offensive piece in the second round. Would you consider Hamilton in the second round, or do you agree that this is something later on? I love the guy, but I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't think in the second round. Okay. You just, I mean, I'm not. To be honest with you, I'm not happy with our running back situation. Right. I mean, if there's like a great first round running back and i know that you know running backs now these days you can get them later in the draft you can get some good ones but i think that's a real need for us you know i i don't i don't think connor's you know gonna make it through another season again he seems to get hurt every year i'm not a huge fan of snell i just you know there's just and like you said all those top receivers there's so many of them one could easily fall to us at, at our second round pick so yeah i would wait i would wait for the third and hopefully he's there have you got a particular running back you're you're a fan of? 
not not off the top of my head. I, I like the guy from Alabama. Um, uh, Me too, but I think he's gone back. Uh, he was my actual favorite one. Uh, no, no, uh, no, he Harris. Yes, Harris. Yeah, I think he went back. Unfortunately, he was the guy as well for me. He's an absolute dominant running back. He's he's next year, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that, that that kind of played into my thing. I was thinking maybe, you know, you just make do for this year and then you come back and try to target. There's him and Etienne next year. You could come back with get one of these guys higher next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just hope that um, what we have is enough for for next season. You know, I mean, if we can't if we can't get somebody decent. You know, I'm just not sure. I, I, I just, I love Connor when he's healthy, but I've kind of lost faith in him to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You yeah. know, these conversations really get me excited for when we do like uh, the mock draft episode after we finish with these positions. Um, yeah, let's put some work in. Sorry, I've been, I've been messaging you all about you know the graft we've got to put in to make sure we have enough time to uh, yeah, get we'll, to our. Mock draft. We'll, I really want to do that we'll do it. draft because it would be. We will do it no matter what happens, but it's going to be fun. Um, just having these conversation, conversations and, and disagreements and, and arguments about what we want. Be under three hours? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, God knows, right? We're about to do Real-time draft. <laughs> um, okay, so the next guy, to be honest, Gav, I wasn't 100% sure why this guy was the next on this list. This confused me a little bit. Um, Raquan, well, I, I might not have ranked the, the list in... Oh, go on. Raekwon Williams, Michigan State. Sorry, what were you saying? Yes, yeah, so I, I might. I, maybe my list should have included some kind of disclaimer that it, it was, was ranked in ranked. position. Okay. Yeah. So Raekwon Williams <laughs> is my next ranked defensive end. Okay. Which, uh, although he's he's kind of plays a kind of nose role at, at Michigan, I think I, I I kind of project him to be a backup. Yes. Uh, defensive yep. end, which I value as a higher draft pick than some of these later nose tackle guys that I think you're going to get later. So that's why he's high. I, I don't, I rate some of the other nose tackles actually higher as players. I see. But right. I just, the, the measurables and, and the kind of play of Raycorn Williams, I think, you know, in, in the same way that say like a Vince Williams, you take him in the late rounds or, you know, mid, mid day, 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 late day three, uh, early day three, late day two. And you hope that he kind of fulfills his potential. So for me, he's the, the, the only remaining Three, four defensive end on the board at this point. Right, I'm with you. Okay, that that makes more sense to me then about because I, I was watching with the eye that that he was sort of what, you know wherever we are in, in the list and I was like this this seems a bit strange. Uh, yeah, I think you're right in that he's a very good versatile piece in terms of um, he could probably play a few positions along that line. Right, um, not that we would necessarily need him to given our, our, our base defense, but you know there you go. I agree, though, a backup. It's going to be a day three selection, I think. And Yeah, he didn't wow me. Nice functional strength and size. Attacks gaps well if given the opportunity, but not, not a super athletic guy. Pretty limited in that in that respect, I thought. I think I think he'll benefit if he was to put... I think Michigan relied on him because of his size. 6'4", 308, um, and he just plays with real violence. A real violent guy. Good, good run defender, and it got a bit of pocket push. Um, not much pass rush other than that. But... I think I think he'll benefit from being put in a in a specific role and being and trained in that role. He's got good hands. Um, he's not a twitchy guy, like you say. He's not the best athlete. Uh, you know, he needs to work on his anchor, and 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 I'd like you know you could see him work on get him in an NFL weight room as well and change some of that sort of mass into quality bulk. I just think he's got the sort of the the fundamentals there to to be a kind of you know a backup with you know potential. Right, fair enough. Yeah, I just thought I thought he was a bit of a low ceiling guy. That's all, but it makes more sense now. You've kind of labelled it as it is. But um, anyone else sort of get a chance to uh, look at this guy, Raekwon Williams? There's not a whole lot I can add, really. He just sort of he's, he's not athletic. He doesn't have that sort of 
burst of speed. He's he's not. I like his production, but I don't. He didn't. Nothing about him said. No, I want that guy. Nothing uh, wowed me about uh, him. I knew so he I, wouldn't be a Dave guy. Uh, yeah. Definitely not a Dave guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich, uh, any thoughts? No, I, I honestly didn't research the guy, so I, I don't know. No problem, that's fine. Okay, the, the next guy on the I list... Mean, that's sorry. For me, sorry, can I just explain Push the, the Push reason Push why I get to people like this is because you look at um, the height and weight of most notable uh, Steelers 3-4 defensive ends, there's a very specific type they go for. So you're looking at 6-5 roughly, so within 6-5, you're looking at around 295 weight, and you're looking at you know an arm length of about 34 inches. So you know you've got Cam Hamewood six six five two nine four, Stephon Chuet six five three zero four, Brett Kiesel six five two seven nine, Aaron Smith six five two seven nine, Chris Wormley six five and three eighths two nine two nine eight. So there's, there's there's definite kind of you're looking at for someone that size. So you you look down the, the draft board just at, at people roughly that size, and you can kind of eliminate everyone else for that defensive end role. You know that that's what the Steelers are going to be looking for. So it's not necessarily who you think is good players, but you know they've got to tick some of those boxes. And, and so there's not that many guys that tick the box. So Redcorn Williams ticks the box at 6'4", 308. You know, he's, he, he's there. So therefore, that's why I watch the tape, because I want to see what I see. And then he's got 33 and 38 arms, so he's almost... So he, he, he's kind of in the right ballpark, so he's got the frame. And then it's can he does he play to his size? Does he play to his frame? Yes, he does. He's not that athletic, but maybe that you don't need that. You just want someone that can play the role that you need to steal this to. He's he, he hasn't got he's not excellent in any of the any of those traits, but he he's got the base to build on. So I think the Steelers could look if they if they miss on all these other guys, you know, and and they're worried about having this production line of of three four ends. He's a guy they could pick up and see see what happens. That's that's where we are with him. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's interesting in terms of, of of what they target. I think that's very important when we look at the guys that, you know, both when we're looking at doing the mock draft guys, we want to want to sort of potentially look at there, and also you know guys that Steelers might actually take. But yeah, I just felt he was athletically limited, and thus sort of the ceiling was limited. So I didn't view him as a developmental guy, more as a as a depth piece. But um, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Um, cool. Uh, right, to move on to the next guy, Gav. Yeah. Um, now this is a guy I kind of thought you would like. Um, <laughs> uh, Lecky Fotu. Uh huh. You see this guy? So um, it? used to be a rugby player, played for the US national team, right? Um, lo- love these ex rugby guys. Um, big, six foot seven, three hundred thirty-seven pounds. I've got him down as. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sort of big Polynesian it's guy, huge. straight down the middle. He's absolutely huge. Vita Vea I mean, type. About, yeah. yeah. Six five, three thirty. Massive. Huge, huge, huge dude, right? Can't miss him, um, as Vox Lombardi said. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- I love this guy. I mean, big, maybe not as much as, you know, uh, Hamilton, as we spoke about, but but as a later get-arounds guy, and I agree, this is a guy you probably pick up late on in the draft. Um, just a big hulking frame, makes him an ideal run-stuffing nose tackle, carries his weight well, though. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily look as big as he is. Um, I, I, well, I mean, he does, but he, he carries it well, right? He's not a big, fat dude, you know, he's not a... A Don Terry Poe, yeah. What said. Um, it doesn't offer really any value as a pass rusher, though. So I, again, I don't know. I know you said, do, do we really need that? He's not going to replace Hargreaves, though, is he? No. So, so no. I mean, you... sorry, go on. I, I like the size. Yeah, but that's yeah. about it. Okay. I'm afraid. I don't, he's kind of explosive, and he's a bit of a. Given his size, he is quite an athlete. 
and he's got that kind of wild man energy, which you know we, we we've all grown to love because of Polamalu yep. and some other players over the Steelers had over the years. But similarly to Anai, his limitations kind of it's not enough to compensate for. You know that wild man energy isn't enough to compensate for his limitations. You know he, he can't he can't two gap. The guy's a one gap player. You know he's trying yeah. to get through the gaps and and penetrate. He, he just doesn't get off blocks well enough, and he gets he gets turned too easily, and his his anchor's not good enough. And he's got I don't like his sort of football. He's, he's I don't like his, him as a football player. Like like you say, he's a rugby player. He doesn't he doesn't strike me as a football guy. So uh, the, the, he's not for me. The one upside is that the rugby background, you could sort of see it. He, he's a little bit more athletic than you'd expect for his size. He, he, he's got a bit of that. But but yeah, the technique's not there. It, for me, he's purely a backup nose tackle, if anything. He's a guy that you'd want there as a maybe a situational guy as well, but not someone who's going to be that replacement piece. But but someone I'd be interested in is, is kind of a late-round late guy. Yeah, yeah, you could take a flyer on him. I think, I think the Steelers' defence really values having a nose for the football. You know, people just yeah. can just target the football and just, you know, they just they zeroed in on it no matter where it is. And even even the sort of line guys will pursue and track down and, and you know, force fumbles and get on balls and stuff. He doesn't seem to have that. You know, right. the play gets yeah. away from him, he just stops. And uh, any, numbers uh, are. Anyone else get a chance to see uh, Fulty? I wanted so much to like this guy. But... <laughs> I knew you would. Because, like, you know, we've talked about Hobo Ben. This guy's Hobo Troy. He's, <laughs> he's a 30-pound version of Troy, and I, I wanted so much to like him, but I couldn't. He just he got well, saying not zero, but he's got very little athleticism. He's sort of he's he's a run stuffer, but like he gets steered far too easily in pass rush. He just get guys just wash him away. He's, I mean, he's huge, but guys are pushing him away. Yeah, and he gets steered far too easily. He, he just has pretty much no anchor to the spot he doesn't he just gets moved really easily which surprised me i thought he's a huge dude you're going to struggle to move him at least i would anyway but i think any of us would struggle to move him dave that's fair (laughs) all four of us might struggle to move him if we try (laughs) but the guy's a tree stump despite my wanting to like him i couldn't i couldn't get past the fact that he's like a big version of troy unfortunately I, I, I could see, you know, he's an interesting ball of clay. I mean, get him in an NFL locker room and, and you know, give him maybe some more football technique and, and NFL coaching, who knows. But, yeah, I, I do see what you say. There's, there's obvious limitations. Uh, any chance to watch yeah. him, Rich? Or... Yeah, not a fan. He's, he's a big, big, big body. That, that's about it. Yeah. As, as, as uh, Dave said, you know, he's got no anchor. And I think, I think for a nose tackle, the one thing you need yeah. To be, I mean, you need to be big, but you need to be able to anchor well. And if you can't anchor, then you're no use to the Steelers, yeah. unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, now the next guy is an interesting name and, and one you you brought up. We actually struggled to find a, a great deal um, of him, I think. But um, McTelvin Jim Agim, do you know how to say this? Agim, I think it's Agim. Sosa Agim. His nickname Sosa. So let's Sosa, go with yeah, Sosa's Sosa. A, yeah. Sosa's a better name Easy, than McTelvin. Yeah. McTelvin. Yeah, sounds like someone from like Superbad, some... right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a weird name. <laughs> trying to buy alcohol underage, the idea says McTelvin. <laughs> hey, McTelvin. <laughs> um, I, I, I must admit, quite. I don't know where this guy is sort of pegged to go. I mean, he's supposed to be a later round guy, right? But I kind of like him as a developmental piece, maybe a backup to you, you it and your Haywood, and, and someone who's going to develop and and potentially in the long run be a starter. I, I did like the tape. Um, just one season playing defensive tackle after previously playing end. So this is a very a very versatile guy and a guy who's going to bring a lot of sort of that defensive end skill set to, to play in sort of the five technique. I know you two liked him, Dave and Gav, right? I don't know if one of you, you wants to jump off on, on, on uh, a game. Go on, Dave, you go first. 
There's not an awful lot to say other than that. I, I like his, I like his speed. He's pretty bursty, um, penetrates pretty fast. Um, got good length. He's got like the the measurables are there. But again, the, he's not a great, not a great anchor to him. He just sort of um, does get steered a little bit too easily for me. Um, but he's got, a, I mean, he's got a great arm span, good nose for the ball, which is which I like about him. But it's um, he's going to need some coaching in using his hands. He just sort of, he didn't seem to have any sort of real aim with his hands. He just sort of felt like he was just sort of flailing a bit at times, and as I say, just getting steered too easily. But he, he bends and leans in in uh, around like around the corner and stuff, getting to the quarterback. Um, and he's pretty disruptive in the run as well, which I like about him. But again, there's not an awful lot of tape on him, so you're sort of limited in, in a sample size of what you see of him. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's athletic. He apparently transitioned transition from defensive end to inside in 2019. Um, so I'm not sure what to read into that. Well, I think you can tell. Uh, he's got a very tasty first step. He's, he's very, very quick, and he's going to win with speed. But um, mm. it's power that's a concern. I like to see him sort of get, like, like Gav said, get in an NFL weight room and, and sort of put some put some muscle, you know mass on there and some potentially some functional strength and just have him, yeah, you know, win with not not that he's going to win with power consistently, but but just you know have a little bit more of that to him and maybe that'll solve the issues of him getting swept away so easily. Um, Gav, I think you liked him as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely got room to grow. I think, yes, he, yeah. he, as you say, it's made a transition. Good character guy. I mean, the thing is, you go on YouTube. There's more. There's more like documentaries yeah. and films about him than there is games. You know, he's obviously been followed. I think he was a five-star recruit. You know, at the end and and uh, whatever it is, you know, he didn't quite grow in the right way, or there's just something about him that's not. It didn't quite work out for him at the end, and he's moved inside, so he's kind of a tweener, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. But you know, that that could work in in some ways in that he could be, you know, a kind of a sub-package guy that's you know maybe playing in an under front or whatever. You know, where he's one gap in, you bring him in. I don't know. That I, I like the guy. I, I think there's potential there for sure. Um, and exactly what Dave said. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, Steelers like these spark guys, right? These sort of uber athletic guys that you know. I, I'm interested in him as a as a developmental guy. I mean, probably not going to be a late round flick, but yeah, I know you mean. I was like five minutes into a kind of a documentary of him driving around in his Lexus before uh, you know I realized what was going on. Um, any yeah, chance? I really wanted more tape. I don't understand why there's not more tape. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I really, wanted, really wanted to watch some more of him. So it's, it's hard to evaluate when there's only one game. Um, a chance to to see this guy, Rich. Yeah, I'm right with you guys. Agree 100%. He, I mean, he's great energy, great motor, just gets moved around a little too easily. Um, but somebody, you know, if he's there in the later rounds, could could be a possibility, I think. Yeah, I've definitely got my eye on him as a potential late-round flyer. And, uh, yeah, a bit of polish. I could see him being a starter, which is not something you get in the, in the later rounds necessarily very often, right? So, um I'd be more interested in than than I probably was in bugs, right? For example, but we'll see how that goes. Hey, hey, we like bugs. I like bugs. I don't hate bugs. bugs. I'm not. I'm not getting on bugs' back. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just waiting to see more from bugs. That's all. Um, cool. And the next guy, I think, is the last guy on the the official Gavin interior defensive line list that we had. Well, okay. So, uh, I think that the the remaining guys, the list going outside of strokes. Yeah, so outside of Strowbridge, right? Who is could could possibly be a DN, but I don't see it. So let's ignore him. The other, the, the remaining guys are kind of nose type guys who I think could be in play at the in the later rounds, much later rounds. And I, I like both of them. 
Um, it's Bravi and Roy of Baylor and, and Benito Jones of Ole Miss. So I don't know which which guys you watch. Well, I, I only watch Roy, but I, I would like to start with him purely because I'm going to hand him uh, the very elusive second red star. Um, mm. uh, right. If we haven't got Hamilton uh, and we're looking into the seventh round, or even if he, he might even be a UDFA, to be honest, but um, I I have a lot of love for this guy. I mean, he's he's an interesting one. He's got sort of T Rex arms, which is the concern. Um, the odds aren't with him in that his arms are much smaller than his wingspan is much smaller than what you would anticipate uh, the position the nose tackle he hasn't got the reach traditionally um however um sort of he, he also he wasn't invited to the combine which i found interesting I sort of yeah i know that, that that's 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 the problem isn't it combine I mean, snub uh, yeah um, the, the, the valuation of the the nose tackle has gone this bad yeah, yeah, and also, the problem with that is, especially this year, I think guys that didn't go to the Combine are going to find it really tough. Especially these already potentially later round guys, I think they're going to fall right out of the draft because... Yeah, I, I couldn't find a 40 time for him, could yeah, you? No, I couldn't. So teams are going to struggle. Not that, it, not that it matters for these guys, but I always like to know what it is. So Absolutely. It, you know. it, it's going to be tough because these guys are just not going to... I mean, I, I wish I had the stats in front of me. I heard it recently what the percentages were on, on guys that get invited to the combine versus guys that don't who get drafted. And it normally it's a certain level. And I just I see it sinking, um, particularly because guys just aren't going to have the chance this year. But I think this guy has the potential um, to topple down the draft and all the way out of the draft. And if he is, I'd want him to be a priority free agent. I think he, he's he's uh, he's coming off his best and most productive season. He's, I think he's got upside uh, rushing the passer for a nose tackle, which again, we didn't see a lot of, even though he's primarily a reliable run stuff from the middle he's got a thick powerful frame and he's also yeah he doesn't he doesn't rush sorry he doesn't rush rush to pass so much but he gets skinny given his size yeah exactly right. he gets skinny to get into the backfield to crash down onto running backs right that's that, exactly that's, right you see that over and over again it's great it's exciting to see for a guy of his size <laughs> you've almost quoted exactly what i wrote down that's <laughs> what uh billy to squeeze through gaps when rushing a passer for a guy of his size so yeah 100 percent a great lateral movement he, so he's got a lot of these kind of things that that i look for in this position obviously he's lacking a major one in the wingspan and the reach and the length he's not prototypical in in that sense but he's got a lot of the ability he's got you know a nice thick frame powerful you know he's not going to get pushed around too too easily he's, he's going to be a good developmental guy and a guy i could see if he can just overcome that that issue and, and find a role for himself uh could be a really interesting pick so you know when we get to uh the undrafted free agents i'm going to be banging the table for us to, to, to pick up the phone uh and pick I up someone Ryan. will take him late he's good enough he deserves it i mean you, you, one of the guys that maybe people think we're skipping over is James Lynch, right? Who, who was the kind of six four two eight nine end that played next to Roy on the Baylor line, and he he I think he was the the the, the most productive tackle and sack leader in Baylor's history on the defense. I don't think he's that good. I think he benefited from playing next to Roy. That that that's my take. Wow. Right. Okay. I didn't dive into it. I, you know, I'm watching Roy's tape. I'm not paying a great deal of attention to him, but. Um... I'd like to see. I'd like to see you say it to his face. <laughs> I wouldn't say it to his face. <laughs> I'd, I'd write it in a, a strongly worded letter and, and post it under his door. <laughs> um, Dave, any thoughts of either of these guys? I don't really much watch of uh, watch much of Roy. Saw a little bit of Lynch. Um, he just see, he, he, to me, he's he's a blue collar sort of work ethic guy. I like that, but outside of that, I don't think what he has. Will transfer very well to the NFL. I think he'll, if he does get picked up, he'll burn out pretty fast. Um, but no, I didn't see anything of Roy, so not much to add. Uh, Gab, did you say you had one more dude? 
Rich, do you like Roy? Yeah, I do. Oh, sorry, Rich. Stop the trample all of you. Nah, no, no Rich word. is re- raring to go there. <laughs> He's holding no, on the Roy hot take. Move on. No, I liked him, and I, I didn't realize that um, that he wasn't invited to the combine. That's that's shocking to me. Um, he he definitely he has some bad qualities that I think can be fixed. Uh, you know, I know you don't know for sure, but I think they can. But he's you know he's quick. He's he's good at reading and reacting. I mean, he made some great plays on the on the footage that I seen the the Baylor footage that I saw. I mean, I think he'll be picked in the later rounds. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. But um, you know, he does have some things about him that if, if he doesn't fix, he he won't make it in the, in the next level. But he's got he's he has great physical qualities and and he looks like a smart player to me. Yeah, I mean, if, for, for all those kind of Steelers fans that want to get Dan McCullers off the roster as quickly as possible, <laughs> this is your guy. You should be cheering this guy on because this, this guy would be an upgrade, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <clears throat> I would not be against taking him in with one of those those sort of two later round picks at all um, just to make sure he can land on the roster. But um, Cool. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Gav, any, anyone else you want to mention before we... Uh... Well, just... Uh, just Benito Jones is in a similar kind of mold to Bravion Roy. Um, mm. Maybe he's not quite got the uh, the same size. He's he's the same height, but he's only three, so six one. But he's only three one six. So maybe not the complete pure nose kind of guy. But he's he's more he kind of he suits more of the kind of shaded one, uh, shaded zero. So in the one kind of role. Um, so more of a yeah one gap kind of knows which maybe the Steelers don't necessarily need but I like the guy he's got really violent hands I mean the guy's like doing jujitsu out there you know he's just the probably the best hand fighter in the whole of this draft class I think that I saw I mean just and and also incredible snap anticipation so he's not that explosive um but he just reads the the snap well which you know maybe that's cheating maybe that's not a real trait but you you see it he's the the ball moves and then he's the next guy to move on every snap Mm. So that, that that's something, and he, he he won gaps pretty well as well, and he's got like swim moves and stuff that he does. Um, so just an interesting guy, and he's another developmental kind of nose tackle that maybe with some of those pass rush skills that he's got for his size, you could see him being sort of sub package kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, none of these guys are going to get taken if they take a guy higher. But um, yeah, just just a guy I like. I thought you know it's worth worth a mention sleeper pick. Worth a uh, worth a red star maybe again. Uh, it, uh, half a red star. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Again, we, we spoke about this. <laughs> I wouldn't red star him. No, okay. I wouldn't. Red, I, I think for me, it, it's the chef, and then and then it's Hamilton, and then I like some of these other guys. But maybe you know, you you're saying I'm a slut. I, I'm going to try and try and, try and <laughs> up about a little bit and dish out these stars. You know, I'm not like uh, yeah. Hold it uh, to Shinobi over here throwing yeah. stars everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might you might have missed it last week, Rich. We got we got into we got into it a bit. Um, Gav just handing red stars out willy nilly to about six different guys last week um, in, in the edge class, and I had to, I had to rein him back a little bit um, with some harsh words. Yeah, this this week I think definitely for me it's going to be um, uh, sorry Hamilton. Yeah, obviously I think we all have said that. Um, I'm I'm cl- I'm almost close on Elliot, but but I'm not quite there because I don't necessarily think it's it's going to be the Steelers guy, but but I do like him. Uh, and also uh, Roy as well is probably my other Red Star guy. So that's two for me, which is more than usual. Um, Dave, Rich, any Red Star guys? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, go on, Rich. Oh, I, I was just going to say for sure Hamilton. I, I think he's, besides the obvious guys, um, Hamilton would be my only Red Star guy. Okay. 
Same for yeah, you, Dave. Or? Uh, yeah, Hamilton, and I'm tempted by. Oh, do we have a consensus for his name? Agim. Agim. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, he would be. He's considered... my other half red star. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going full red star. Okay, full red star for Dave. Okay. Banging the table, he is. <laughs> no shades of red for me. It's all or nothing. Okay, awesome. So that's uh, Agim. Agim. Uh, Roy Hamilton and uh, Raekwon Davis all getting red stars from one of uh, at least one of us this week. Um, interesting class overall, I think. Right, uh, um, one that probably I didn't put a great deal of consideration in until we looked at it this week. So uh, it's been a, an education for me this week, and I'm, I'm quite looking forward to looking. I for think a few it's, of these it's, guys. it's part of the process is yeah. that every week we're going, oh, no, this is the guy, and then next, you know, then we move on to another yeah. position group, yeah. all in love with another guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the linebackers. We're gonna, it's all going to culminate in our final uh, mock draft podcast when we realise, oh no, we can't pick. You know, I can't pick T Higgins and um, Hamilton and. You know, the tight end that I wanted or whatever. <laughs> All the same pick. Um, awesome. So, I suppose that's it for for, for this week's uh, football stuff. Uh, Dave, got anything for us? Well, following being berated for my weird choices in hot dog uh, toppings, I decided to take a, a dive into burgers, <laughs> if you'll indulge me. We have different categories here. We have uh, the sauces. <laughs> we have le- are we leaves doing, are, we, are we doing another bracket? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bracket worked well. I thought yeah, I like... So okay. we, we have we have we have sauces, leaves and condiments as I titled it. Leaves and and bread. Okay. Um, I feel like bread could bring up some other discussion. But can I, we'll, can, we'll I, we get... can I add a category? Is that because we've only got three brackets. I don't know if you, a bracket works with three. Um Well, it's sort of it, <laughs> I'm trying to create an overall picture. So there's going to be no overall winner here. Can I add a wild? Oh, it's a, it's a, the, the ideal combo is what you, you're going for. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Can I can I have my own wild card bracket because I've got two options that you I know you're not going to have either of. Okay, sure. You hit hit me with it, or do I bring them up later? I'll bring them up after you've gone for yours, just to make sure. But I don't think you'll have them. Okay. So in the sources bracket, we have ketchup versus barbecue. In oh. The first one. <laughs> oh, that's tough. It's a tough choice. Yeah, I mean, I, classically, I, I would always prefer ketchup in the in the burger, but then dip dip the burger into the barbecue sauce sachet. That's a real winner. But I think I think I've got to go with ketchup. Are we all in a consensus with ketchup? Now, I'll be honest. I, I am a guy who prefers his burgers with, uh, without without uh, without any sauce, uh, and I do love ketchup and barbecue sauce. But I, I kind of like burgers plain, cheeseburgers. But I think if I was to choose, I might go barbecue. Ooh. I would go barbecue, but I would like to write in mustard if I could. You go mustard over barbecue. Oh, yeah, I love mustard. Okay. I think, okay. I think mustard won last week, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the deciding vote, Dave? Um, I, I would have said barbecue, so barbecue is oh, wow. the winner. A surprise knockout for ketchup in the early rounds. A top-rated seed uh-huh. has just fallen. Wow. And in the uh, the second half of this, we have uh, sriracha versus burger sauce. <laughs> oh man, you got you. I got a minute. You got to go burger sauce, haven't you? I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to make this easy for you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wasn't wasn't there a sauce section? What, what's this? Bro? <laughs> this is this is this is the this sauce is, section. We are, we're deep into the sauce section. Oh, there's multiple brackets within the sauce section. Yes. Ah, okay, I'm with you. Yes. Right, okay. Um, I got burgers. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of either, but I got burger sauce. See, I, I would definitely go burger sauce, but then I'd, I'd ideally add a little bit of Tabasco in there, so that makes a kind of spicy burger sauce there. 
All right, so Gav wants one of everything. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> As ever. Do we have an opinion, Rich? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what exactly does burger sauce consist of? Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's, I'm like... basically referring to what you get on a Big Mac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, I'll go burger sauce. Burger sauce. So I think burger sauce is the winner of that one. Okay. So we now we now have there is, is there is a US alternative name for that, isn't there? I'm pretty sure. Is it, is it just Big Mac yeah. sauce? They call it special sauce. Oh. Special sauce. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special sauce. Right. It's basically special ketchup sauce, and mayo in the same mixed up with a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. Right. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, Dave. Giving away McDonald's secrets here. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> well, you can make it very easy. So we now have barbecue versus burger sauce. I gotta go burger sauce, man. On a burger. Uh, the name, the clues in the name. I go barbecue, but we'll leave it to Rich. Uh, I'm gonna go barbecue. <sighs> Barbecue's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> so we have barbecue. The the the, uh, the lettuce and oh, sorry, the leaves and condiments section is pretty simple. I think it'll be pretty straightforward. Um, so it's rocket versus iceberg. Iceberg. <laughs> I, I honestly have no opinion. I wouldn't put either of these on a burger. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, you you Mr. Scurvy over here. <laughs> I'll go iceberg. Yeah, iceberg. I, I knew that I'd go that way. Uh, Dave, uh, very quickly, yes. I think that probably my my two would probably fit into this section, judging by what's already been in it. Um, could, could I have a bracket okay. here? Sure. Because I imagine neither of them's going to win over icebergs. So we might as well get it over and done with. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so these are actually the two my two favourite things to put on a burger as like wildcard choices. So obviously cheese is the best thing that should be on a burger. But then on, on top of that, the two things that I think go perfectly on a burger, um, a pineapple slice or uh, nach- nachos. Okay, get out of town. Now, for, for, I'll, t- I'll give you the reasons. First of all, pineapple should be on everything. Pineapple is just the perfect food. But but secondly, nachos should, nachos should also be on everything because nachos give everything this wonderful crunch without really impacting the taste too too much. You're talking about that when they do those burgers with the kind of crispy layer in the middle. Oh, wonderful! That similar, yeah. The, what is that? Like a breadcrumb kind of thing? What yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah. Anything like that? Something that gives it that yeah, satisfying I, crunch. I, I'm down with that. I don't know about nachos though. I don't know what you call that thing, like the kind of breadcrumb fried layer. Well, for I, example, I nachos go on a pizza, great. Because it, it gives it, it gives it that crunch. Anyway, so, so, so pineapple on nachos, what what would you consider first? I, I'd go with the nachos because it, it, it's reminiscent of that, that crispy thing I'm talking about, which I like, <laughs> on, on, on like a Kentucky fried chicken burger. Those things are good. Ever had either of these, Rich? Pineapple. I love pineapple on pizza. I think pineapple on any meat is a winner. Yes, there we go. <laughs> That, that's that's the world, right? There's, there's two kinds of people on this planet: those that like pineapple and those that are kind of less fans. So, <laughs> so we we have a, a sort of extra bracket here of that's the read is pineapple then. <laughs> yeah, it looks like know. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's pineapple against salad. Is that is that what we're saying? <laughs> well, I thought it fit in that area. It was like a it does uh, fit it leaves does. and condiments. Okay, well the next one is onions yep. versus fried onions. Hang on, do we do? Oh no, we're we're moving that into the next round. We're not doing we're not doing uh, iceberg against pineapple. No, no, these these are all individual They're winners. All, okay, individual okay. winners, right? Okay. Uh, fried onions sorry, all sorry. day. I've recently discovered that I absolutely love fried onions. What was it? Onions against just plain old onions versus fried onions. 
Tough choice. I, I quite like the crunch of a, of a plain onion, so give me the plain onion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'll go fried onions. I don't like onions, but if I have to eat an onion, it's got to be. <laughs> got an even split. I knew, I'd be, I knew I'd be backed up by the American. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we do there, Dave? I hadn't thought this far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both, both get a buy. So, yeah, they're, they're both in. They're both in there. Um, I have a feeling this may be split as well, but tomato and pickle is the next one. Ooh. Tough one. Tough one. Uh, tomato. I think I'm going to go tomato just purely because it fits better. I like the taste of both, but the, the tomato is round and that fits on top of your burger nicely. You don't you don't you don't find you know sometimes your 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 pickle fires out of the side, so <laughs> tomato is kind of easier to handle. And, well, and it's probably I'm, better. I'm the guy for... at McDonald's that takes all the pickles of everyone, so I'm, yeah. I'm on team pickle. I like a pickle too. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to join Dave on team pickle. Okay, so that's split as well. <laughs> so two typical things are so collapsing around you, Dave. No, I, I can get, I can move over to Team Pickle. I'm not averse, so I don't, I don't mind. If you Pickle's the pickle. winner. Pickle's the winner. <laughs> I happily, I tell you what, I, I eat both of those things. I eat pickle straight out the jar, and I, I, I do sometimes just eat a whole tomato. Oh. So, yeah, you know that, those things are both good. So I, I can get on board with either. The, uh, the next one is. Cheddar cheese versus Kraft cheese slice. Uh, American cheese all day long, but it's not even close. On a burger, absolutely, hundred percent. Cheddar cheese. Don't get me wrong. I've just before we started this show, I, I, I you know, this is practically Christmas right now. You know, it's like everyone's at home doing nothing. I, 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 I brought out some Stilton and some crackers, and I, I dug into half that cheese. Yep. And and cheddar's one of my favourite things in the whole world. But on a burger, American cheese every time. Totally with you on that. Yeah. Um, I have to pass on this one. Lactose intolerant. I don't even say the oh, word. Oh no! Are you a celiac? I'm sorry. Are you celiac? Oh, it'll get. It'll yeah. Dairy will make me really sick. Wow. So I got it. I do have veggie cheese that I buy that I put on my sandwiches and burgers and stuff. But at regular, I can't can't do it. That, that stuff's getting better, right? Yeah, it's actually it really has over the years because um, it used used to taste kind of like plastic, yeah. time, but these days it it tastes I would what I would imagine just like regular cheese. So definitely getting better. Have you ever tried Norwegian cheese? Any of you guys tried Norwegian cheese? They call it brown cheese. Doesn't sound that, appealing to me. That stuff is weird, man. It's like if you mix, if you imagine like a weird kind of fudge and 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 blend that into cheese to the point where it stops being cheese so almost at where it's cheese but then you you roll it back a couple of notches it's norwegian cheese uh, you've got to try it everyone should try it apart from you rich because it would have serious health effects but um that stuff is crazy and you have like four or five scoops and you don't like it then you have another three and you think actually i really like this and then you start to feel a bit sick so then you stop but um yeah those guys love it over there it's a strange yeah. it's a strange deal yeah uh, yeah Cheese that comes in scoops. Well, it's slices or whatever. It's kind of weird. It's like fudgy. It's like fudge texture. You know that kind of kind of. You can kind of scoop it. You can kind of a bit okay. a bit softer. Yeah, I believe you. So the uh, the the final bracket we have is the bread, which I feel may bring up some discussion. Um, one that I have strong feelings about is brioche. 
it's a, it's a, it's a strong, it's a strong band. Versus, and this may, maybe where the discussion arises. I refer to it as a balm. <laughs> oh no, not this. <laughs> a balm. That's a kind of. That's a kind of. Now, something you buy your missus for a birthday, isn't it? First of all, Dave, I'm very <laughs> glad that you fall on the right side of history here because I, I feel like Balm is traditionally just quite a localised Boltonian Manchester saying, so I'm glad that you're on the right side of history here. Um, yeah. Whatever um, whatever Gav's about to say is going to be the biggest pile of tosh. <laughs> <laughs> i never heard that term before, sorry. It's a Balm cake. Never heard it. It's a Balm cake, yeah. But, uh, what, what are you going to call it? Are you going to call it like a... Uh, I don't know, a, a bap, a roll, a, a, some, some, some nonsense, southern it's nonsense. Like a, a, a white bready roll. <laughs> is that what you're... Is, is, that, is that the description? Yes. I'm not saying that's the name. Is yes. That, yeah, that's just a burger bun, man. Well, no, it's not just a burger bun, is it? Because what if you weren't having a burger on it? <laughs> you're eating something in a burger bun. <laughs> No, because you can like traditionally you'd make a sandwich with it though. Imagine that it doesn't have the seeds in. We're talking about just like what you get from a bakery, like four. Or... No, yeah, and, and sometimes they're like got a, a light dusting of flour. On yeah, it. Like you yeah, get a six yeah. pack yeah. bag, and and maybe a bit of flour falls out. Yeah, it's a burger bun. But it's not. It's not a burger bun because it's not just for burgers. But it's it's a kind of burger bun bun. If you, you know you're having a barbecue and you're doing your kind of ropey eighties burgers. I understand that's, that's that you gets... can use it to put burgers inside. But what I'm saying is that a burger bun is like one of the ones with. Sesame seeds at the top. That's what a burger. Oh, that's bun is. an American burger. Bun. Oh dear God! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's that's how we refer to it down south. In the, you know, <laughs> the capital city of our country. This is why coronavirus targeted you, um, Rich. <laughs> I uh, I will pick the one that Gavin has referred to as the burger bun. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the bomb, the, the bomb wins I, I it. Don't, I don't get the whole thing with brioche. It's it's a cake. Why would you want a burger on a cake? I like it I th- th- sometimes. I, I, I tell you what, I, I think if you're doing a home burger, the brioche wins because yeah. it's better than, uh, what do you call it, the balmy? It's the better bar- than that. <laughs> but if, if you're going to a McDonald's or you know a, 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 a commercial burger outlet, their, their brioche bun's going to be kind of a hipster affair with too much stuff going on. <laughs> oh, you, just, you just want the simple... The simple burger. Gab, can you, As talk, we've talked about before. Can, can you talk to me more about commercial burger outlets, please? <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> I know that they're all closed. Uh, yeah, no, I like brioche, but yeah, a bit too fancy sometimes. Uh, what's the next uh, bracket, Dave? The second half of this final bracket is two, doing it student style with two slices of white bread. <laughs> or, which is probably my favourite way of doing it. Or, uh, or ciabatta. Oh, that's tough call. That's, that's like the, the, the best options aren't available. Yeah, exactly that's right. Tough. You're in a tough Chibata. spot. I'll take Chibata. It's, it's a bit chewy though. It's a bit hard on the old on the old munching gear. Yeah, I'll, I'll take two slices of Wobbies. Mm. But then that feels a bit like you've run out of cash and you're kind of digging around in the crates to kind of come up with a meal. Well, I know I would prefer a bomb. <laughs> It's um, commonly done in. I've done it loads of times in barbecues and stuff, just yeah, where we've run out of balm cakes, and uh, you've got to have two slices of bread. Wow. Yeah, I guess the bread's softer. So give me, give me the bread. Give me the sliced bread. I think bread, bread's the bread's the winner there. I think. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. for for poor Red, who doesn't doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously got fine, fine uh, dental, you know, dental action going on there. He's not worried about his teeth. <laughs> that that Hollywood smile. Um, yeah. 
so it's it's now the balm or the burger bun, as you refer to it, versus two slices of Warby's. <laughs> That's <laughs> not the burger bun. This is not even a contest. <laughs> this is a ridiculous category. I mean, <laughs> the burger bun should have had a, a straight bye to the finals. Also, how do I compare a burger bun to a piece of pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the um, the UK the official UK Steelers pod burger is a. <laughs> Are we going for single burger or double? Do we do we double it? Well, I, I quite like. Yeah, it's tough. Definitely I, I double. Think, I think there's, I think there's there's something to be said for the plain single though. I think sometimes uh, the double's overrated. I think you always assume it's better, but actually sometimes if you have a really good single like a five guy single. Oh yeah. You're happy. Well, that. no, hang on a bit. A five guys is a double unless you get a child's. No, it's a single, isn't it? No, it's not. If you go into Five Guys and get a burger, it's a double unless it's a child's burger. Oh, I'm wrong then. Okay, fine. Just double check next time you go, but unless you purposely ask for the small burger, you get a double. Okay, I've just not even checked. It's so good. I'll just do <laughs> things straight away. <laughs> so we've got a double burger with barbecue sauce, with pineapple, apparently. <laughs> um, iceberg lettuce, fried onions and onions. Pickle, Wait, some craft cheese on a balm cake or a burger bun with, and I'm, I'm adding this as a final one because there's no argument on this one, but with bacon because there's no, nothing to compare it to. American bacon or English bacon? Bacon, <laughs> bacon. Have you, do you guys know Carl's Jr.? The yes. Fast food? Yeah. That sounds like a double Western bacon burger. <laughs> they even have pineapple? Yeah. Yeah. That's that sounds a- like. That sounds like a burger I'd eat. <laughs> I was going to say, Rich, what's your uh, your favourite uh, US burger outlet? Ooh, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Wendy's or uh, In-N-Out? One of those two. Probably Wendy's. I need to try In-N-Out's In-N-Out. Good. I've never tried In-N-Out's it because I, I was on the East Coast and they don't have it, right? But Okay, so I, I did a coast-to-coast. I, I toured 17 states, right? And and the main thing I was I was sampling quite a few different things, let's say. But one of the main things that we was we did it in a van with four of my pals, and the, one of the main things we were sampling was burgers. And after all that time, I came to the conclusion that Jack in the Box, whilst being dirty, is the best American burger chain, and I'm desperate for it to open up over here. I know it's got kind of a reputation as being a bit sleazy, and you know you, you kind of it's grease in a box. But that thing, honestly, you just you just got consistent goodness. And and the amount of times I walked through the drive-through drunk, just on my feet, just give me give me one of those damn burgers. Did you yeah, did you hit an In-N-Out by any chance in in those travels? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you only get those on the west coast, right? Right, right. Um, they are good. Yeah, they're definitely up there. They're kind of a, a bit cleaner, aren't they? They're kind of. Well, um, their employees are fantastic. Like you know, you always have to check your food because you know. But never have I had them screw up an order. Not once. Like, they're on the ball. They're really good. They're polite. They're really... I mean, it's 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 a notch above, you know, regular burger spots. It, it, it definitely. It doesn't feel like fast food. It feels like you're kind of a burger restaurant. It's kind of almost like, a, I guess, UK people all relate it to being like a Byron or something. But even yeah. that is kind of... It feels slightly like a lighter burger somehow, less greasy. Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're definitely good. Yeah, they were, they were kind of the second best. The worst, I mean... Ooh. McDonald's, man. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's in the UK is really good. Yeah. McDonald's in the US, I was savagely disappointed. It's Awful. strange. It's strange. So I walked in. Uh, I mean, as you know, I, I, McDonald's. I owe oh, McDonald's owe a lot to me, um, <laughs> including probably half my annual salary. And um, 
I love, like, the... I walked into American McDonald's and I thought, oh, my God, a double quarter pounder. They've started doing those in the UK since, actually, but, but at the time, it was really novel. And while I initially liked the US McDonald's, it was very different, and I actually started to get sick of it. And in all of my years on planet Earth in the UK, I've never once gotten sick of McDonald's, but in the US, I did, and I, it kind of started to make me feel sick, um, which has never happened here. So I think it must just be an ingredient thing, but, yeah, definitely not as good, unfortunately, but... Uh, five no, guys is the one for me, man. Five guys is good. Five, five guys, guys is the best. I'm probably five guys, but I don't like the queuing system. It's sort of like you, you, you queue for ages, and then they're like, "What do you want?" You have to know instantly. You can't even look at the menu. What? You get berated for looking at the menu. <laughs> the menu's up above you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe it's just my sample. What, what you've just, just described sort of... is any queue. Not <laughs> <laughs> a big queue guy. It's just like maybe I'm the I'm the guy who likes to sort of take his time over my choice of of toppings, but like it it, it was like the the menu was sort of in front of me. Maybe it's been changed since I've been there. It was like on the the counter in front of you, and you had to pick off on there. But there's a whole it's a huge list of stuff. Oh yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I, you're I just like walking stuff. around with your head down. There's a big one on this like on the roof hanging down from the roof. Normally, uh, I must have missed that. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but in your one, but. Anyway, yeah, the Five Guys wasn't in the UK really when I first went. It might be in London, but it wasn't anywhere else. But um, since I went to America, they've, they've started popping up everywhere. There's one in Leeds now and stuff, so I'm very thankful for that. But um, there's one in York actually, so yeah, um, expensive though. They are expensive, but they're worth it. But yeah, they are. They are very good. Um, the one, and, and this is the last thing because we, we're running longer on this, but I could talk about fast food places all day. Um, the one thing that I desperately, desperately want to open in the UK, I wanted to ask Rich if he's ever been, uh, is a Checkers. You ever been to a Checkers, Rich? Uh, I have. It's been a long, long time, though. I was working somewhere outside of um, California because I, I haven't seen them around here. I can't remember what state it was, but I did. Yeah. I did one. It, it, to me, it seems only to be an East Coast thing. And, and even then, quite specific, I think, to like New York and, and maybe just the surrounding areas. I don't even know if it extends to Pennsylvania or anything. But um, yeah, there was one in Buffalo Airport and there was one near where I was on, on Long Island. But my God, they do the best fries I've ever eaten in my entire life. And I tweet them probably twice a month asking if they will please, please bring them to the UK, even in a frozen form. But so far, I've failed. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a shame. I, it's, I, yeah, For me, it's the same with Jack in the Box. I just kind of dream of the day they open up because yeah. they, they, they really plug a gap in the UK market between KFC and Burger King. Yeah, I, hey. I, I'll take away the pretty poor like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, well, we probably shouldn't spend much more time talking. We will talk, take this offline, but um, <laughs> we've probably spent 25 minutes talking about burgers now. Um, awesome. Thanks for uh, sticking around. Um, follow me at you. Uh, as I wrote this, follow the podcast at UK Steelers Pod. Uh, follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart on Twitter and follow uh, Rich at uh, Stunt Batman on Instagram, right? Um, uh, don't follow Gav, um, please. Anywhere. I don't think you can follow him technically anymore because he doesn't go anywhere. He's just locked inside with his yeah. his wife I'm and on my child. Couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, no risk of that for a little while at least. So that, that's one silver lining in this crisis. Um, stay safe, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. See you. Cheers, guys. Stay safe. Bye.